Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. We always ask you to please download the app and share it with your friends so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And if you like what Joe and I do, we have our social media program where we would go live every Monday night, uh, primarily at The Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube, The Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube. Uh, like to uh, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. And today, we're really going into the breach, and you'll understand why in a second. We're very pleased and honored to be joined by Father Robert McTeague, and we're going to be discussing his new book, Christendom Lost and Found, Meditations for a Post-Christian -post Era. Joe, I'm intrigued by the title, um, and I'm looking forward to the conversation because that tells me we're doing what we say. We're going into the breach because we are – I never heard it quite put that way, Father – uh, a post-post-Christian era. But before we let you get going, um, I want to give a brief bio. Many of you out there at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network know who Father Robert McTeague is. Having said that, uh, a brief bio. He's a member of the Society of Jesus, a professor of philosophy and theology. He has taught and lectured worldwide and is a member of the National Ethics Committee of the Catholic Medical Association. He's host and producer of The Catholic Current uh, via Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network and the iCatholic Radio app. His books include Christendom Lost and Found, Real Philosophy for Real People, and I Have Something to Tell You, A Jesuit Heralds the Gospel. His writing can be found at uh, Alatea, Crisis Magazine, Magnificat, New Oxford Review, and elsewhere, Father Robert McTeague. Welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. We're pleased to have you. Uh, good to be working with you guys. I want to let you know I'm, I'm a New Jersey native, born in Newark, New Jersey, America's heartland. Love it, Oh, baby. wow. We didn't know. Both of us are from – I'm living in Arizona now. I got out of Dodge about 10 months ago. But, yeah, we're from Newark. Uh, the Joe Brick City. Yeah, Valesburg. Yeah, my folks were from uh, – Went to both of our parents went to Barringer. Okay, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Awesome, that's that's great. It's funny at work the other day. I'm in Arizona. I met a couple of people. One of them, one of which went to St. Benedict's Prep. Uh, we were talking. I went to Seton Hall Prep, so it's it's great. Did you go to Seton Hall Prep or or you? I, I, no, I, I I did do my first two years of undergraduate studies at Seton Hall University back in the day. Oh, okay. Um, awesome. Well, we love to have a little jersey in the house, Father. So it's sure, great. Yeah. Um, and with that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe, and and uh, we'll probably we'll start with a prayer. Joe. Sure. Yeah, Father. Would you would you lead us in prayer before we? Sure. Are Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, through the intercession of St. Ignatius Loyola, we ask that you pour forth your Holy Spirit upon us, a spirit of discernment, that we may hear your voice and obey your command. Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's funny, Father, uh, beforehand, just, you know, a little aside, we had to call Father, we're having some technical difficulties. Your phone number, your area code's a Scranton number, am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. I, I, I taught there a long time ago. I went there. Aha. Uh -huh. So I, I just, I graduated in 92. 
So I just said, oh, oh okay. So, I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, do you remember uh, McGinley? He taught philosophy. That was before my time there, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had to take ethics with him. It was a hard class. I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. uh, civilization <laughs> and its discontents. Sigmund Freud. Tough oh, boy. Life. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so let's get... Uh Oh, go ahead. Okay, Joe. go, Joe. Joe, dive in. No, I was going to say, Father, I'm really interested in the title of the book to start. I mean, uh, it's very easy to say we live in a a post-Christian era. I think that's that's a five-year-old could demonstrate that. Sure. Okay? Yeah. But for our audience, why post post-Christian era? Post-Christian era is scary enough. Right. Uh, for for Joe and I, and should be for all of us, particularly sure. Catholics. What what is the post? post-Christian era, how would you describe that? Well, you know, here, here's my elevator pitch for the book. Since the time of, of the French Revolution in 1789, uh, what used to be known as uh, Christendom, now known as the West, led by France said, here's a great idea. Let's eliminate Christ from the public and private life, the large and small life of humanity. It'll be great. We ended up with a lot of bad art and even more dead bodies. This is obviously not working. I, I was I knew that for a long time something was wrong, and I started writing a, a personal journal in November of 2019. And then the COVID interruption came, and then people uh, kinetically thirsting for justice by setting buildings on fire. And so it was it was my my journal, my my war journal from November 2019 to February of 2021. And I said, this is obviously not working. This is going to get us all killed. Uh, so what we need to do is find a way of saying living without Christ is a really bad idea. We have to learn in our own time and place how to live with, for, and under, and through, and in Christ. And there were people who used to know how to do that. Let's listen to them and take their best seeds and plant them in our own soil in our own time. Absolutely. Joe Racinello. Father, you're speaking our language. I'll be honest with you. I mean, that's what we do. And mm -hmm. I love this. Ignatius Press called this just what you just said. This is kind of a war journal. I mean, right. I'll remind our listeners, St. Ignatius of Loyola was an army man. He was I a mean, soldier. And, 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 exactly. And here we are. We're church militant. I don't think people right. think in those terms anymore. Because to your point, and we say this on our, we've been doing this for four years, Father, it isn't working right it, but it's not resonating with people father we're just doubling down and tripling down on the mess i say this all the time and i'll just let you go from uh, after i sure. say it again look out your window yep. you don't have to look far right. yet we double down we triple down and it's not going to get any better your thoughts well, you know, in my previous book called Real Philosophy for Real People, there's McTague's axiom, which states most institutions would rather die than admit that anyone ever made a mistake. And then there's McTague's corollary, which states most people haven't matured past the age of 15 and are still desperate to be invited to sit at the cool kids table at the high school cafeteria. So to say, hey, guys, you know. We, we dropped the ball and lost the mission 50 years ago, 60 years ago. We got some splaining to do. It's time for sackcloth and ashes. Stephen Colbert will never invite you on his show. Maybe even Bill Mark will arch an eyebrow and say something snarky and mean about you. And who could live that way? Not to mention what they'll say about you on The View. So we double down and double down and double down like bad poker players. But after we've all been through the tragedy and trauma and farce of 2020, 2020. 
2022, this is obviously not working. I mean, Belgium, which used to produce great Catholic scholars and Catholic missionaries, they're, they're leading the cause for people to be de-baptized. All right. Think about what that mm. means. Uh, in England and Wales, for the first time probably since the Venerable Bede in the 7th century, it's not a majority Christian area anymore. Right? It's not working. The idea that we can accommodate the world, that we could sit at the feet of the world in silence and get people to like us if we kind of shh about that cross business. If we just, like A.W. Tozer, a Protestant theologian, was writing in the 50s, said that uh, the church doesn't want to be led to worship, it wants to be entertained. And pastors who don't pray obviously don't know how to lead people to worship, so they try to be entertaining. And you know what? Most priests suck at being entertaining. You're not going to be that clever. You're not going to have a good light show. You're not going to have good music. You preach Christ crucified or you have a gimmick. And we've seen the gimmick and we've seen the results. People are drifting out the door because the gimmick doesn't work. And the open secret that nobody wants to talk about is that the really aggressive, you know, obviously Y chromosome church militant approach to getting people to follow in the bloody footsteps of Christ as the only path through the narrow gate, you know, tradition with a capital T, those communities are growing, but you're not allowed to say it. Right. And, and they are. I mean, they're, they're, again, that's as plain as the nose on your face. You walk into traditional communities. They don't even have to necessarily be uh, TLM. They don't necessarily right. have to be traditional Latin mass. Uh, certainly uh, here in my experience in the last several months, Father Robert McTeague joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe here in Arizona is these Novus Ordo parishes are extremely reverent. Latin hymns, okay, um, and and uh, and reverence, and you no, know, don't do that, and don't do that, and order and discipline in the mass. So it, you know, uh, but I I I I went off. I, I want to just um, I just want to take it a step further, real quick. Sure. Um, you mentioned to, that we need Christ back. Okay, so we as Catholics, we know that Christ is the Logos incarnate. Right. Okay. Now it might I can hear people out there already saying. But I don't, I don't believe in Jesus. Okay, I think I agree with you guys that things are a mess. I don't believe in Jesus. Is it a necessary step to remind people of the the abstract philosophical concept of logos? In other words, that we've lost all semblance of order. I don't think again we could you could demonstrate that. You could look at sure, the transgender yeah. movement. You could look at all of it. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, women mm -hmm. have been killing their babies, you know, for legally for the last sixty years in America, fifty years. All right, so we've lost logos. Is it necessary to bring people to a recognition of logos? Is that a necessary step? So then we can convince them also and evangelize that, well, that Logos is a person, not just an idea. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, this is uh, what the church would call the preambula fidei, the preambles to the faith. Uh, I, you know, I would teach my, my students that you really can't consistently be a moral relativist. All you have to do is lift somebody's wallet and say, it's mine now. And they, they discover moral absolutes in a hurry. Right. So for some people, just common sense, you know, do good, avoid evil, love your kids, don't eat grandma. If you don't know if you're male or female, look down. Right. So let's start with the obvious. And then if you're on board with that, I can take you pretty darn far. But then you say, you know what, the moral law is really 
hard to live. And no matter how good life is in this life, you never honestly are able to say, you know what, it doesn't get any better than that. And there's a kind of restlessness that comes. And I said, right now, now let me tell you the rest of the story. You've recognized the natural moral order. Let's talk about where it comes from. And here's where you need something supernatural to live it, to fulfill it, and, and to go beyond it. And you know, if you want to have the philosophical conversation, I am all in. A lot of people aren't there. They have this vague notion of God stuff. They almost certainly, you know, if you're alive, you almost certainly have not been properly catechized. I, I just have to say that. And so for people who say, hey, I, you know, I think God is involved in that, then yeah, I, I need to help you with that too. Thank you for that. Father Robert McTeague is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing his new book out from Ignatius Press. Please go buy it uh, at Ignatius Press. Ignatius Press, and let's support our Catholic publishers, Christendom, Lost and Found, Meditations for a Post-Post-Christian Era. Joe Resinello. Father, you're speaking our language. I'll be honest with you. First, I have to ask you this. Have you gotten pushback within the church? Because I have as a layman. Um, I have mentioned this um, on the show, and I'll mention it again. I have been asked to leave an RCIA program. I taught it from the 1992 catechism that was put forth by John Paul II. Right from the book, the sticking point was, for many, receiving the Eucharist in a state of grace. To me, that's a layup. It's black sure. and white. The sure. thing you do, it's black and white. I didn't it's go to the Gregorian, It's not ambiguous Father. at all. I, not that's ambiguous not, at all. Like, I didn't go to the Gregorian, but I know how to read. Right. And all you got to do is read. And you right. said something, and this has been our success on the show. It's common sense stuff, Father. Yeah, we're yeah. it's it's in the church. It's outside the church. It's common sense stuff. There's two genders, yeah. two genders. Joe Joe Biden from Scranton, Pennsylvania, tells us there's three. All right, Joe. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, just look down. Right. I mean, talk to that because, and then I'd like to get into basically, and I think you touched on it briefly. What must be basically retrieved? What must be renewed? I think right. you talked about it, but let's talk about that one sure. first. Well, okay. Well, I want to address your point about about pushback. You know, my my community has been very supportive of me. You know, I've published three books so far. I, I've always gotten permission to publish without any hassle. Nobody asked me to water anything down, pull my punches, trim anything back. So I, I have to say that uh, up front. Uh, you'll notice I'm not in academia anymore. Uh, I'll allow you to draw your own conclusions uh, uh, about that. You know, and then you know, I, um, I every now and again I, I get a little pushback on on my preaching, but for the most part, all glory and honor to God. It's a, a new a new preaching in a spirit of authority, not like the scribes and the Pharisees. Uh, there are people who thank me. They say we've been waiting for for uh, for a long time. And you know what? I I, I don't want to be important. I don't want to be famous. If people didn't know what my face looked like and didn't know the sound of my voice, that would be okay. You know, I'll I'll write. I'll sign my name at the bottom but you know john the baptist he must increase i must decrease i want to point to christ and get out of the way now re regarding the question of what needs to be retrieved and what needs to be renewed obviously what we're doing isn't working 
there was uh, a recent case in France, uh, proof that they're having a vocation crisis. There was a priest who was identified as being the pastor of 17 rural parishes. I don't know how that works, but he said uh, on you know the you know anniversary you know Armistice Day as they, as they say in Europe that abortion has killed more people than World War One did. People complained. He got suspended for a few months for saying something that's demonstrably true right so this isn't again we come back to this isn't working what needs to be retrieved uh the clarity about the natural moral law uh the urgency of emphasizing worship in terms of the eucharistic sacrifice rather than the happy meal that uh we unite ourselves to Christ and his perfect sacrifice to the Father. We're not there to be entertained. Right? And any, any hymn that has the word gather or a table, any description of a parish that includes the word vibrant just has to go. We're supposed to be going to worship in gratitude and for boot camp so we get out of this world spiritually alive. And there were people who used to know that. Now, to protect myself against, oh, you want to turn back the clock to the so-called golden era of whatever, whether it's 1954 or 1274. No, there was never a golden era. Since the time of original sin, there's never been a golden era. But there were saints who know how to organize their individual, communal, and social and civilizational lives that glorified God and that humanized human beings that helped them to receive God's grace. We need to learn from them and then plug it in in a soil that they wouldn't have understood. Kindness wouldn't have understood about radio waves or the internet, but we do. Let's use that. And you know what? People at a prior era who worshipped better, who lived holier lives, they haven't been through the trauma that we all have been through in the past 50 or 60 years of watering down the faith, you know, uh, be doubling down on poor catechesis, right? So we've learned some painful, painful lessons about what doesn't work. So we need to retrieve what was working and plant it in our soil in light of the very painful lessons we've been learning the past 50, 60 years. Thank you for that. Father Robert McTeague is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Father, let me uh, let me ask you a question. Um, Bob Dylan said, "We're gonna you're gonna serve somebody. Okay. Um, Before then, Nietzsche basically said and wrote that, you know, once you kill God, well, you have to become God. So where I'm going with this is people, is it effective? I'll use the word argument. Is an effective argument to make is that in the modern world, against if you go back to the French Revolution, they railed against there was this this anti-clericalism, anti-church, all of it. Okay. And they've convinced people that they're free. And, I, and the reason why I bring up the line from Dylan and the line from, let's say, Nietzsche, you're not free. You're either going to make yourself a god, which is just going to lead to your own disaster. But what I think is more important in the modern time is that they haven't – they've killed God, but they haven't made you free because they've replaced him with other gods. Right. And those other gods are environmentalists. Yeah. The, the earth has become a god. Joe and I did sure. a show on our social media show. We, haven't, we now have the, the, the earth god. The Romans had the earth goddess. We sure. just resurrected her. Okay. No, right. there's, there's all these gods, and there's a lot of thou shalt nots too. Don't think you're free because the people that have killed God, or at least you, you know where I'm going with that. I don't mean yeah, to kill yeah, God, yeah. literally. Yeah. They've told you you're free, but they have a lot of thou shalt nots also. 
Well, well right. you know, Switzerland, you know, one of the richest countries in the world just said, hey, don't plug in your electric car so often. Don't you know, unplug your PlayStation. Uh, you know, uh, we're going to have to close shops early because because why? Well, because we, you know, we can't have energy anymore because climate change. Uh, you know, the, the Netherlands is shutting down three thousand farms because climate change. But it's okay. You're going to be able to eat bugs. Look, there, there is something about human nature that wants to worship, and we either worship in spirit and in truth, or we worship an idol. Those are the only options. Those are the only options that we have, and we have to be really, really clear about that. You know, there's a distortion of freedom. There's actually two sides to freedom. There's the negative freedom, freedom from, and people say, yeah, I want freedom from restraint. No, what you want is freedom from illusion, seduction, lie, addiction, and then the positive side is freedom for, freedom for the sake of doing what you want to do. Real quick, I, I tell the story in my book, Real Philosophy for Real People. Uh, eighth grade teacher, good Dominican nun, said, Father, I'm talking to the kids about freedom. They're not getting it. They don't distinguish freedom from license. Talk to them. So I, I went into the classroom. Two girls sit in the front row. I said, could I see your glasses? Took their glasses. And I said, they're mine now. And I know that you can't call it stealing because then you'd be imposing your morality on me, which is inconsistent with your uh, definition of freedom. And their jaws dropped. And I said, do you want to live in a world like that where that and worse happens to you every day? No. Okay, but that's the world you started making when you endorsed that definition of freedom. Then we want a different definition of freedom. Game, set, and match, society of Jesus. There, there we go. So we want to have freedom from the things that are really going to hurt us and freedom for the things that are really going to help us and, and perfect us. And we have we've dropped off the freedom for entirely. And we're, we're just we're a rudderless ship. And if you don't know where you're going, it doesn't matter how you get there. And that's what, and that's really where where I was going with that, Father, is that the people have been sold this false notion of freedom, but those selling them the freedom are actually the ones putting them in chains. Right. And those same people who are putting them in chains are saying, "But don't listen to that big bad Catholic Church, who offers through Christ authentic human freedom." Right. And it's paradoxical, and and people don't even realize while the handcuffs are being put on and the chains are being put on because it's all in the name of liberation of some kind. Let's not forget the industry that sells you promiscuity wants to sell you contraception and abortion as well. Yeah. Let's be clear about that. Yes. Father Robert McTeague is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. His book, Out from Ignatius Press, Christendom Lost and Found, Meditations for a Post-Christian -post Era. Joe Racinello. Father, we were just talking, Joe and I, before the show. I mean, this is not new. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we're tracing it back to the French Revolution. I mean, these problems, you know, living without Christ, the Christ-centered society, as we kind of were discussing. How do we get it back? I mean, I'll be honest with you. We started the show. Uh, it was a good priest, uh, Franciscan Friar of the Renewal, asked us to do it. We've had some success. We get to talk to great people like yourself, inspiring people like you. Um, and I'm not just saying that. Like, to be honest, you're speaking our language. It's edifying, actually, to hear what you're saying. Um, Father, I bang my head against the wall. I swear. And I have been banging my head against the wall. It's frustrating. Like, like both in our own society as well as within our own church. 
how do we do it? I mean, what I'm trying to do is radically witness to Christ. Um, mm -hmm. My wife and I have five kids. I'm married to a Haitian American woman. I didn't marry her because I married her because I love her. Mm -hmm. um, but like, it's a radical, like, I think that's the answer. But again, um, it's ignored, to be yeah. honest with you, in many respects. What do we do? Like, 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 I, like, you know, like we're screaming from the rooftops. Right. You know, I, I think of my, my uh, dear friend, uh, Jesuit Father Joseph Fessi, who said, the solution to nearly every social problem includes faithful Catholics having more children. So that that's certainly uh, step one. So you're on track. Good for you, Joe. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, also, you know, this this is not a, admit of, of human remedy. You know, I mean, my very short answer to nearly every problem nowadays is Fatima. Uh, quite quite candidly, we're in a situation where we where we need divine intervention. You know, ten years ago, I read an essay by uh, libertarian author Alfred J. Knock, who was writing in the Atlantic Monthly back in in the '30s, and watching the rise of real fascism. And, and he said, "Beware the guy who claims to have the one big idea that's going to fix everything, because he's yeah. going to want more power and money from you." He said, "The role of Isaiah." was he said you proclaim the word god gave you and the faithful remnant will find you because when isaiah said to god how will i know who the faithful remnant is god said that's none of your business just just proclaim the word and so we keep on doing what we're doing and i think if you want to build a fire you have to gather kindling start with small communities of like-minded families introduce your kids to happy healthy adults find people you can pray with get together with a group of people on the first saturdays pray the rosary go to confession go to mass together have a meal have someone come in and and give a teaching i think it's going to be those small things and you know we we started radio about about the the same time i i started on the catholic current uh august of of 2018 never thought i'd be doing something like this all of my experience in religious life all of my work in academia has been really useful and as the poet said to fling out broad his name you know has the world changed dramatically since bob mctigg from newark new jersey went on the air no didn't expect it not counting on it but i know for sure that i've planted with god's grace good seeds and those seeds are are beginning to bear fruit and faithful soil so you show up and you're faithful and and god gives the rest and you know i i think of saint bernadette who in exasperation said i'm not here to convince i'm here to inform I can persuade people who are willing to be persuaded. I can argue with people willing to be argued with, but eventually I just have to tell the truth and let the chips fall where they may. I think that's so important, Father McTeague, because if, 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 like you said, if we're informing primarily by our own lives, what people see more than right. what people hear, they see how you're living. Oh, you're a Catholic. Yeah. And then they see like in Joe's case, five kids got mm -hmm. married late, him and his wife, his wife and my wife are sisters, right? Mm -hmm. uh, my wife and I fostering a child, looking to foster another one and become adoptive parents. Point is, if they see it, th then they're more likely to listen to your words, okay? Right. And, and I think you're exactly right. But, but, but here, and I'm glad you brought it up about the rosary and everything else. But without grace, uh, uh, you know, the grace that comes through prayer, through the sacraments, through attending mass, through mm -hmm. witnessing in that way, 
I think without the grace, we're, we're, we're going to fall flat on our face. Your comments on that, Father, for about a minute, and then we're going to go to a break. Sure. You know, we we cannot save ourselves. Uh, and, you know, that's that was always the trick of the Pharisee. The trick of the 20th and 21st century is there's a bureaucratic solution. We're just one committee meeting. We're one report. We're one regulation away from happily ever after. The church has too much experience with the human condition to believe that lie. We know better than that. From my, my Advent reading is a Jesuit priest, Father Alfred Delp, who was writing Advent meditations under a death sentence in a Nazi prison camp and said, God does his best work in the home in which he is welcome in the home in which he has been sought out. And so I need to take time out for prayer and to let myself be changed and to let myself cry out to a God who will answer me on the condition that I call upon him first. That's what we need to do. And I think that we've been told instead that we just need to entertain people and be on on board with whatever the current thing is, and then people will like the church. That's manifestly not working. Uh, absolutely. We're going to take a break. Father Robert McTeague is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing his new book out from Ignatius Press, Christendom Lost and Found, Meditations for a Post-Post-Christian Era. Father, where else can our audience members buy your book? Uh, you know, ideally go to your local Catholic bookstore, Ignatius.com, Amazon, uh, and any online vendor you, you can find uh, you can find that. My, my book on preaching, I have someone to tell you that's available only on Amazon. Uh, all my books are available on, on, on Kindle as well, and we're working on audio. All right, and we encourage all of our audience members to go and buy Father McTeague's books. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break here at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network with the front line with Joe and Joe. Stick around. We have another great segment with Father Robert McTeague. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So let people know you're listening to Veritas. Tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello. We are way, way in the breach with Father Robert McTague, and we're discussing his new book, Ignatius, out from Ignatius Press, Christendom Lost and Found, Meditations for a Post- post-Christian era. Joe Racinello, where do you want to go? Father, we were talking about solutions, um, and a lot of Catholics uh, are opting to get into this homestead movement. I, I've read a little bit about, like, uh, based upon, I think, what Rod Dreher has written in his book, The Benedict Option, which I've read. Mm -hmm. um, I, I find that, to be to be honest with you, I, I disagree with that, personally. I, I kind of always speak to what uh, Chaput talked about in his books about being in the world, not of the world. That's just my opinion. What's your mm -hmm. thoughts on that, this Catholic land movement that's going on? You're, you're, it's out there, and okay. I, I'm interested in your thoughts as a solution to what right. we're seeing in the West. Well, again, I, I want to be careful about you know the you know the one solution, which I know is not what you're you're you're, you're asking for. A, a lot depends on on who you are and who you're with, uh, etc. I think we need a lot of different solutions, all rooted in grace. You know, there was a time when the family home was a place of 
production. People grew food, they, they made things, uh, and the family home has become a place of consumption and entertainment and occasionally sleep, and that makes us more dependent, and that makes us more subject to manipulation. Uh, you know, there was a movement in after World War I uh, in, in Scotland, it was called the Catholic Land Movement, you know, back to the land, the idea of an agrarian lifestyle, family farms, if you can live it, that's great. Um, you know, having a family garden is different, I think, from digging a bunker and loading up with bullets, beans, and band-aids and becoming a Catholic survivalist. That's that's a whole that's a whole nother thing. In my book, I talk about there are a variety of ways of responding to the recognition that things are terribly wrong. Rod Dreyer's book, The The Benedict Option, is a place to start. I think Anthony Eslin's book, Out of the Ashes, is is even better. You know, he says it's a mistake for the church to talk about evangelizing the culture. He said, we don't have a culture anymore. We have a sewer. We have to talk about getting out of the sewer first. So basically, Rod Dreyer says, you know, you you secede in place. You begin to form tight-knit communities wherever you are. There's a wisdom to that. What does that begin to look like? Well, you know, if you're in China or Nigeria, you might be fleeing to the catacombs, you know, or you might be building the ark. You might be forming uh, an oasis. This is where individual people, communities, families, groups have to discern where we are in our context. How are we going to respond to the fact that things are are terribly wrong? Now, someone like me, I have access to a microphone. I have access to publisher. God help us some days like today. I even have access to a camera. Uh, I, I, I can vocalize and shout in a way that most people don't have the opportunity to. While I have that opportunity, I'll make the best of it. But but everyone has to push back against the sickness of the culture by, first of all, living in harmony with natural law, then living in harmony with revelation, and then finally living in harmony with the wisdom of the saints who've gone before us. There's not a one-size-fits-all answer. I Very Jesuit, you know, you've got to make a discernment where you are. What is God calling you to in your particular here and now, knowing certainly that there are fixed compass points to steer by. The only thing I I love your comments on, Father Robert McTague, is you form these smaller communities. Let's say uh, they could be agrarian or whatever form they take, but they're tight knit. Um, everybody's working. It's not just about consumption and entertainment, like you say. But as but but then we have we have to deal with this reality that we have a very aggressive, very anti-Catholic, anti-Christian in general, but anti-Catholic government now yes, and culture. Yes and Joe makes a good point all the time on the show, and he's not being doom and gloom. I think he's saying it correctly. They'll crush you. Those oh, are his sure. words, and I agree with them. Oh, if oh, they oh, want to, they will crush you. And I love your comments on that because – I love the idea. I would love the idea of doing that. I really would. I would, and I think we could do that on on, on different levels, e even without, let's say, maybe just living on a farm. But uh, please comment on that. Let me let me shut up. 
Well, you know, in, in my book, I, I talk a lot about uh, about Caesar and the court gestures. And, you know, the Caesars are whatever the state happens to be this particular year. And the court gestures are the cultural influencers and so on. And since time immemorial, they've always wanted Christians to be compromised or or silent or silenced or or dead. I don't forget the number of times with great enthusiasm, the federal government has dragged the little sisters of the poor into court. Let's not forget that. We have to be really clear about that. We also have to really profoundly repent and admit that we've let our parishes and our religious communities collapse to such a degree that we are dependent upon federal and state largesse to perform the, the corporal works of mercy. Find out in your diocese what percentage of the Catholic charity's budget comes from the government. The higher the number, the worse it is. Because Caesar doesn't give gold out of the goodness of his heart. There's always strings attached. And my prediction, well, two, number one, the tip of the spear against Catholic institutions is going to be the transgender movement. We talk about that a lot on the Catholic Current. I can send you guys a lot of good information. Uh, and the, the other thing that, that concerns me uh, very greatly is that we're going to find out in our lifetime sooner rather than later, number one, lukewarm Catholicism will not be enough to sustain us during the coming persecution. And number two, even lukewarm Catholicism will be found to be too costly. Knowing that, how shall we worship and pray right now? Very few people want to have that conversation. Father Robert McTeague, uh, Joe, I'm going to come back to you in a second, but I want to ask a quick question uh, for a quick comment from Father. Sure. Could you give a word of encouragement to our audience here at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network to just remind them, okay? This is not unique in church history. No, it's not. This is, in fact, goes back to the Roman Empire. This goes back to the beginning and has played itself out ad nauseum, all right, um, and, and manifested under different regimes. <clears throat> Please remind our audience that this is nothing sure. new and we ought to be encouraged. You know, there's a quote attributed to Mark Twain. I've never been able to verify it. That said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes very nicely. And whoever said it, I, I, I agree with that. Look, the church has seen it all. The church has seen it all. And if familiarize yourself with church history and, and the lives of the saints, this is really nothing new. Read about Miguel Pro, Jesuit Alfred Delp, uh, Jesuit Father Rupert Meyer, uh, Jesuit Father Walter Chiswick. This is nothing new. And let's be clear, Christ the King, uh, crucified and risen, we have this idea that he's an absentee landlord and he's going to come collect the rent at the end of time. No, Christ the King is reigning right now. And we are either in harmony with the victorious king who affords us the dignity of fighting at his side to share in his victory, glory, and joy, or, or not. But Christ reigns, and you either are in harmony with him or you dash yourself against him for, for your own destruction. Christ does reign now. Do not be afraid. Thank you for that, Father. Joe Rosanello. Father, you talked about basically lukewarm Catholicism. Um, and I, I, I always say this on the show. I mean, I think Christianity, not just Catholicism, is a mile wide and an inch thick in America. Uh, in many cases, and I'm not just picking on him, he just happens to be the president at this time. Joe Biden is the face of American Catholicism in many respects. 
basically do whatever you want to do, contracept. I mean, I've been to a million Catholic weddings. I don't see families of eight. People got married in their 20s. I'm 50. People who I went to Catholic school with, they contracept. They don't think through the lens of the church. They don't see value in going to church. You see, I look at the church as the medicine, the sacraments, because I'm a sinner. That's why, and I have to teach my children that. Not, that, not to beat them over the head that they're sinners, but that they need the sacraments to live a good life. And that's why God created the church. We don't see that anymore, Father. Like right. people do for their kids what they think is important. The church isn't in that equation. How do we get there? How do we get them to get focused again? Well, the, the how, did, how did we get there? Um, we, we wanted to be liked by the world. And also, we stopped believing. I have an article coming out soon in Homiletic and Pastoral Review about Sunday Mass at St. Typicals. And the subtitle is What Most Priests No Longer Believe. I talk to priests from all over the countries. Many of the priests no longer believe that their congregations have the faith because even those who do come to Mass come unprepared, you know, arrive late, leave early, are dressed irreverently, uh, you know, receive irreverently, on on and on it goes. You know, we tell our kids, the Eucharist is a source and summit of our lives. We also tolerate banal preaching, vapid music, gross irreverence, uh, and sweat-stained polyester vestments from the 1970s. But the Eucharist is a source and summit of our lives. Now shut up and put the envelope in the basket. The kids aren't going to believe our words, they're going to believe our actions. So we have to start with repentance. I always got to start with the guy in the mirror. I always got to beat my breast and say, is it I, Lord? So we start with with that repentance. And we have to admit that what we've been doing isn't working. You know, I once taught a course called uh, Sex, Life, and Love. I started the, the semester. I said, guys, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to think of all of your promiscuous friends. Now think about how many of them are happy. And they all open their eyes with tears in them i said now begin to connect the dots you know you know when i first started teaching and i was at a self-identified catholic university and i asked the kids what's your religious identity and and most of them said catholic i guess you know but you ask the pre-med majors what's your major they never said pre-med major i guess they lined up their lives with the goal of becoming doctors we haven't taught kids to line up their lives with the goal of becoming saints Father Robert McTague is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. His book, I think we're based on this conversation. Everybody should go out there and go and buy Christendom Lost and Found Meditations for a Post Post Christian Era. Father, we're, we don't, Joe and I do not beat up on individual Protestants, but we do, however, uh, rightly criticize Protestantism. Right. Now, here's our view. Okay. Um, if, if you're talking about a post-Christian era, that means there had to have been a Christian era. Okay. Right. And our view is that that Christian era started, um, or, or at least it, 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 you know, came into power. If you want to use that word, uh, on the ruins of the Roman empire and lasted right. until the Protestant revolution. How, how disastrous was Martin Luther and the rest of the Protestant revolutionaries. How much of a disaster has that been for the West? Right. That has led to all these other disasters. Right. No. 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 Martin Luther was was pretty much the asteroid that hit Christendom. I, I, I was thinking about this in light of the questions you guys had sent earlier. Uh, Martin Luther, and then later Henry the Eighth, uh, 
saw the church that Christ founded is getting in the way of what they wanted. And then by the time of the French Revolution, there was the rejection not only of the church Christ founded, but Christ the founder got in the way of what they wanted. And then you get to Darwin and Marx and you have the creator getting in the way of what they wanted. And now with the, the, the sexual aberration and madness and the transgender confusion, you have the creature as male or female getting in the way of what they wanted. So what we see is an ongoing war against the creator, the Christ, the church, and, and the creature. It's a con there's nothing left to rebel against at this point. But, but real, you know, and, you know, the, the, the church in the time of Martin Luther, it had a lot to repent of. There's no question about that. But certainly Martin Luther opened a, a crack that other people began to, to tear asunder. That's regrettable. And if you're going to talk about church unity, I'm going to say something very politically incorrect. It means coming back to Rome. It doesn't mean Protestantizing. Uh, it doesn't mean Protestantizing the Catholic Church. It means everybody coming back to Rome. That's what unity means. Thank you for that clarity, Father. We really appreciate it because that's one thing that we believe out there in general and in many instances in the church is sorely lacking. We need clear statements like that. And I really appreciate the answer. I never quite thought about it that way, though. So uh, that's why I asked about how Protestantism and then you know going on and on and on uh, and the way you described it. Joe Racinello. Well, I want to talk about what you just said, coming back mm -hmm. to Rome. So true. That has everything to do with obedience. Mm -hmm. You see, I, we're, you know, we're, we're taught, we talk to a lot of different people and we've had these subjects, you know, these subjects have come up. I mean, it comes down to the church is not yours to recreate. It's right. and it's going on on both sides of, of, of the aisle, the right and the left. I see it in Catholic Twitter on both sides. <gasps> It's. I always say when I taught RCIA, Father, Catholicism is painting by numbers. All we're doing is taking the deposit of faith and we're passing it on as clear as day. I say this to my wife all the time. Jesus said, let your yes be not yes and your no be no. And anything else is from the devil. Ambiguity is not from God. Right. God is as clear as day. He always was. Old Testament, New Testament, clear as day. What's the problem? Obedience. We're not obedient. Period. End of story. From bishops to priests to the people in the pew. I will not serve. Right. There it is. There's the problem. Right. It, it's a matter of rebellion. And, you know, the the Latin roots of obedience come from hearing. You have to hear the word of God and then do the word of God. And the word of God is spoken by the father who loves us, who by his divine nature can only want the best for us. And what is the best for us is himself. It, that puts a very different light on it. What we have now, though, is is that you know th that somehow the church is kind of a McDonald's franchise, and if you own the franchise, you get to change the recipe. And the answer to that is is no. 
You know, we received revelation from the pierced blood-soaked hand of, of our Lord. We have to treasure that, embrace it, conform to it, and plant it in every soil and time around the world. That's what the Jesuit missionaries did for centuries. Our motto was enter through their door, lead them through yours. We've forgotten about part two for a long time now. Father Robert McTague, he has written the book uh, that we hope that you'll go out and buy Christendom Lost and Found Meditations for a post, post-Christian era that's available at Ignatius Press and other outlets. Father, I'm going to tell you, from my own experience and people I've met, and I think this is because Joe and I say on the show all the time, Father, that uh, we learn here at the show as much as our audience does. You know, we, that's why we ask the questions we do. Um, sometimes we know the answer, sometimes we don't, all right? And uh, here's one. And I think this is very helpful for people, especially since we're talking about being close to the sacraments, confession being one of them. All right. Talk about you have a a meditation in the book, uh, finding hope between presumption and despair. I'll say from my own personal experience, and I've heard this from others, sometimes we presume on Christ's mercy. Oh, I'll just go to confession after I do that little sin. Or we feel and I think it's even worse when we feel that God can't forgive us for something that we've done. Please enlighten our audience and Joe and I between the proper balance. Okay. Um, Virtue is a midpoint between excess and defect. This is nothing new. This goes all the way back to Aristotle. So if you've got courage in the middle, you've got full hardiness on one side. You know, I'm going to take on the Nazi army with a penknife, and then you've got cowardice on the other. I'm going to abandon my post at the sound of gunfire. All right. So uh, hope is the choice to show up and make oneself available for God's blessing. Presumption says, I don't need to do anything. It's already in the bag. I'm gonna kick back, sing the whole world, sing a few verses of he's got the whole world in his hands and go back to sleep. Uh, that's presumption. Despair says, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what God does. We're all doomed. It doesn't work. Both are intellectually dis. I mean, I was writing about this over 30 years ago in, in my, my doctoral uh, dissertation. Uh, so in terms of, of confession and, you know, no matter what you do, no matter what your plans are, step one always has to be go to confession. Go to confession, not like going to the court to get your record expunged, but to have the firm beginning of a process of complete conversion of turning your life around. Presumption says, I'll get to it eventually. Despair says, it doesn't matter. Hope says, I will show up and make myself available to the promised blessing. Thank you for thank you for that clarification. It's it's. I feel like um, I'm not equipped sometimes. Just to, anecdotally, I I I work with a guy who I really like. I respect him. He's Catholic. Okay, and we we met a few months ago because he came. He's new to the place that I work. Um, and he says, "Oh, so you're Catholic? I guess somebody must have told him that. Who knows? Maybe they see me blessing myself before before a meal or something." Mm-hmm. And and I said, "Yeah." He goes, "I'm not there yet." And it, remind, it reminded me of that. And I feel helpless sometimes. And that's why I said earlier, the best I could do is just try to be the, a good friend, um, try to you know, live a Catholic life, because I think that's I know that that was my personal story years ago. And I, I'm not there yet. I'm not going back to confession because that means I have to give that up. And that means I can't do that thing anymore okay. and that thing anymore. You know, St. Augustine said, you know, in, in the earlier part of his conversion, said, oh, Lord, make me chase, but not just yet. But I tell this, you know, eventually we all run out of eventuallys. 
So, you know, bear witness by your good example. And behind the scenes, you've got to intercede for him. You've got to pray and fast for him, have masses offered for him. Because we're Thank all running that. out of time and into eternity. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, and thank you for that. Um, Joe Racinello. Father, Joseph Pierce is a friend of the show. Uh, we've had a him on, actually. Too. And he's also going to be on again shortly. He has a, a book about 12 uh, authors. That right. uh, Yes, so we're going to be talking about that. We look forward to it. He basically talks about uh, three pillars with regard to the new Christendom. He says this, it must be Christ-centered. And this is the part I you know, it's, it's a pride issue because I want to fix it. Be not anxious about the wickedness or anything beyond your immediate control. And the mm -hmm. third is move from self-seeking to self-donation. Talk about that. Uh, Joseph, Joseph Pierce is a friend of mine, too. We met when we were at Ave Maria University together back in the day, and he very kindly wrote the introduction to my book. I'm a huge fan of him. I have tremendous respect. He's, he's a noble Catholic man of, of letters, and, and, and he's right. Christ-centered uh, above all. John the Baptist, he must increase, I must decrease. If you're not on board with that, then I don't want to work with you. Um, and that, that question of, of anxiety, you know, if the, if the enemy can't seduce us into terrible sin, he'll just rob him. He'll just try to rob us of, of his peace of mind. And as my mother would say, don't make him get away with it. Isn't that a great line? Don't make him get away with don't it. Make him make Why him get away with let it? the devil have the satisfaction of robbing you of his peace of mind? I'm not going to influence anything that's taking place in Ukraine today. I'm not going to influence anything that's taking place in China today. But in my ambience, there are things I can influence. So I'm, I'm going to, to focus on, on that. What Absolutely. about self-seeking to self-donation? I, I think that's right. huge, too. Right. Because, like, right. I, I personally have found in my own walk with God, the more I expose myself through self-donation, the more grace that comes into my life. I have to right. empty the cup. Right. Using right. John the Baptist, I must decrease. That means right. self-donation. Yes. And, and, you know, one of the hallmarks of Jesuit spirituality is generosity. If you want to compliment a Jesuit, you say he, he's very generous. We were taught in the novitiate, the generous man always wants to give more. When we were sent out on mission, we were told, come home tired. Men who don't come home tired don't persevere. Uh, you know, St. Ignatius said that the hallmark of lover and beloved is the exchange of gifts, ultimately the exchange of, of, of self. And in self-donation, we're imitating Christ because our goal is to be conformed to the Christ nature, who is absolutely self-donation. So the, the lure of original sin, the poison of original sin, and the sickness of our culture is the mantra, me first, me first, me first. But to say, no, I will take, I'm gonna show up with my five loaves and my two fish, and I'm going to unite it to the perfect offering of Christ. And then it has a fruitfulness beyond anything I can imagine. So Father Robert McTague, let me ask you this. We're, we're talking about all these things, uh, unique in human history. Although I think a person can make a, a good argument. This, these are particularly dark days, yeah. um, maybe compared to other eras. Um, is this an exciting time to be Catholic? 
Well, you know, I, I think of, of, a, of a friend of mine who's a very, very faithful Christian who talked about, you know, what an exciting time to be a Christian disciple. I think of something that Pius XI said, again, watching the rise of real fascism. He said, let us give thanks to God that we live in times such as these, for now it is permitted to no one to be mediocre. Now, for a Jesuit, you know, we were taught to, you know, the Magis, the more, the greater good. St. Ignatius wanted men who wished to distinguish themselves in the service of Christ the King. If you want to find out how good your best can be in cooperation with God's grace, then this is a really great time to be alive. Absolutely. That, and that is encouraging. Joe, we have a very little bit of time left for one more quick question. Father, all the things we talked about seems to me to be getting back to first principles, really. Yes. First yes. principles. I mean, again, um, I did not go to Harvard, but I did go to Harvard on the Hudson. And I believe in first principles. Pray mm. the rosary every day with your wife. Go to confession once a month. Receive in the state of grace. Start there. Right. From there, God will grow the seed. Right. What, no, what do you, like? What do you? Th I think that's like whether you're a priest or whether you're in the pew. Absolutely. Well, you know, Saint Ignatius at the beginning of the spiritual exercises talks about the pre uh, about the first principle and foundation, which states man is created for the praise, reverence, and service of God, and thereby to save his soul. So it doesn't matter, rich, poor, health. Uh, sickness, fame, infamy. What matters is, am I doing what's necessary for my salvation? And something that might be innocent for you might be poison for me, but I have my eyes on the prize and I, I walk accordingly knowing I can get to my destination only with God's grace and I cannot afford to fail. And, that, and that's what we have to emphasize to people. You cannot afford to fail. Failure is not an option here, right. okay? Or falling short, or like we said earlier about being um, lukewarm. Father, 30 seconds. What are your final thoughts for our audience, please? Uh, please pray for me. I'm a sinner. I'm always in need. Do buy the book, Christendom Lost and Found. And talk about it with other people. This is important. You know, the, the meditations are, are short. They're worthy of prayer and review. Converse about them with your friends and then build accordingly. And follow Thank me every that. day on the Catholic Current. I was just going to say social media for our audience. Catholic sure. Current. Uh, the, the, uh, the Catholic, go to the station of the cross.com, the iCatholic Radio mobile app. My show is available on every platform. Uh, get, get my books and uh, look for my name in, uh, in journals. I, I publish a lot. Absolutely. Father Robert McTague, thank you so much for being here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We encourage you all to go out there and buy Father's book. You, you can buy it on Amazon, but you know what I'm about to say. Don't buy it on Amazon. Buy it on Ignatius. Go on the website, Ignatius Press, or in Catholic bookstores. Let's support our publishers and our Catholic right. bookstores along with our authors. Father, thank you again for joining us. It's been a real honor and pleasure, a very lively conversation. It's been great, guys. Let's do it again. Absolutely. And thank you all out there for joining us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the app and share it with your friends. And if you like what Joe and I do, we have our social media program live Monday nights at nine o'clock Eastern time at the front line with Joe and Joe on YouTube, the front line with Joe and Joe on YouTube and other 
uh, sites, but pr primarily there. Like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.